0: Last Mile, I think, is becoming, is turning from a very technical, operational part, and is shifting towards a much more experience-driven, to enable more things to do on this last mile port purchase phase, and I think this is like the new place that the smart brands are going to leverage for their own benefits, and for the benefits of the customers, please.
1: You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. Hey everyone, Alicia here, and I'm thrilled to share today's episode with you because we're talking all about Last Mile, and uh, anyone who reads our coverage, our research around this interesting area. I think one thing really rises to the top for me, that retailers are working really hard to expand their fulfillment offerings, making it easier and faster for consumers to get the products that they want and need. But there's also some gaps in execution, right? Whether it's marketing those offerings, communicating to consumers throughout the fulfillment experience, and also just ways that brands can be more inventive and innovative in this area. So I wanted to bring an expert in Last Mile, in the fulfillment experience, I wanted to dig deep into some of these issues and some of the new trends that are rising to the top as a result of this new reality that we're in. So I'm thrilled to introduce Dan Eblagon, who's the CMO and a founding member of Bond. And Bond plays really deeply in the last mile space. They've helped a lot of brands and they're having some really fascinating conversations. So with that, I want you to meet Dan, hear his take on the last mile space, you know, what's happening, what's coming, and most of all, how you can set yourself up for success moving forward. Dan, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, be on the pod. It's great to have you.
0: Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: So to kick off our conversation, why don't you share a little bit about Bond and the work that you do to serve both brands and consumers? I think that's always a good starting point for, for new up-and-coming companies. So why don't we start there?
0: Sure, sure. Thanks. So Bond is, is a uh, next-gen, futuristic, last-mile company. We serve direct-to-consumer brands. We work with them on creating, maybe like turning their last mile into an outstanding post-purchase uh, experience, both for the brands, by the way, and for the consumers. So we offer like a new kind of experience for the last mile. So let's start with the consumers of the brand. So when a brand works with us, the experience of the consumer is like ordering an Uber. So they can, after they're ordering something at the brand's website, they get a, like, a link to schedule the delivery. So it can be somewhere between on-demand to schedule delivery. They can schedule the delivery for tomorrow, for today, for next week, if it's more convenient for them. Uh, After the scheduling the delivery, they have this uh, live tracking link, so they can see exactly where the courier, we call them bonders, where they are. They can communicate and chat if they wanna, you know, they wanna change the location of everything. Just anything that happened, so they can chat and update the bonder. After, of course, they have this feedback loop, so that the consumer experience is like again ordering anything else you like you would order on on 2020, just on logistics. And from the brand side which is super exciting. So we basically prepared for the first time. So brands enable with us to deliver same day, next day, overnight deliveries in urban areas at the most right now. We handle anything that is reverse logistics. So from returns, we can do exchanges as well. So if you're a fashion brand and someone just ordered this, you know, this cool green t-shirt in large and they would prefer that after they get it, they would prefer to have this the medium in pink, we can be notified, and when we come to take the T-shirt, we can bring you the new one. So this is from the side of the reverse logistics, and from the side of the products, we have several digital products as well, with a lot of technology, of course. So the first one is an admin dashboard. So we enable operation team and customer success teams for the first time to like a full visibility in an admin dashboard to see their whole operation activities in one place. So I don't know if you are aware, but today, if when a customer asks the brand, uh, hey, where's my package? Most of the time, customer success team need to go even like, let's say to FedEx website, copy link the the tracking, uh, the tracking link, copy and paste it, or to go to Aftership and all those softwares. So we enable for the first time, everything, all the data aggregated in one place, So we have like one single source of truth that customer success and operation have full visibility and 100% to control the last mile piece of the funnel. So again, if something happened, if they want to know where is everything, you know, what's the status, maybe even because like due to the fact that we're connecting directly to the data sources of the brand, we can alert and we have a lot of insight. Let's say if, if we know, if we identify that, a delivery you're going to go out to somebody to a, you know to a client that just returned the product three times in the past six months. We can say, hey guys, so check this out and check this delivery and please pay attention because you don't want to lose this customer. So a lot of data and a lot of insights. So this is the admin dashboard. The second one is the customization for again for the first time brands can be a real part of the last mile. Like, let's call it like notification part of the journey. So text messages, emails that are being sent, tracking page and everything, brands can have their presence. Over there, they can use, they can change messages accordingly. And the last thing is the ops planning. So ops planning is really a cool, very, very cool product designed for, let's say maybe a little bit bit more mature brands. So we work with brands in large scale. And again, due to the fact that we're working and we're connecting, we're connected to the data sources of the brands we can see where are, you know, the maybe the high volume areas. We can make a really like database decision on where to grow. So we can really design a better operational infrastructure for the brands and say, okay, so we can do and, and create for you this infrastructure, which is like, let's say efficient in 30% and the experience is going to be double the time better. And again, we do it by a lot of technology. We have the manpower, you know, the, the fleets on the ground. And we operate and we do like partnerships in real retail. So we have the ability to take any space out there and use it and turn it into a kind of nano distribution center within the city. So if we're working with three PLs, they can have their extension inside the city. And if we wanna do like product drops and same day delivery in two hours delivery with brands directly, we can use those facilities to store their products. So basically this is this is bond. So again Taking everything that is post purchase and you know and design it as it should be in, in, in twenty twenty.
1: Yeah, that's great. There are so many different layers to that, which I think is a positive thing because, you know, just based on our research, you know, we do an annual study around adoption of uh, last mile tactics, you know, f- different types of fulfillment. And it always seems like there's always this opportunity for improvement, largely around communication, fulfilling upon the promise of the fulfillment experience. And I think now more than ever, we're starting to see that connecting point that this isn't just, you know, magic behind the curtain that boom, a product shows up on your doorstep and then it's like magic, right? I think consumers are becoming more aware of these different fulfillment offerings. They have greater expectations of how quickly and seamlessly they can get the product they want. So it's becoming more and more ingrained into the front facing end of the customer experience, right? So it's been a very interesting evolution i think uh, of this trend particularly now right
0: Uh, yeah and and you know what i think that you know just said i think one very important point that consumers uh, expect to get this experience this specific experience in a place you know in the last night the delivery phase in a place that like there was no like nobody in charge over there right so like the brands when you were talking with a brand let's say more of like traditional brands or even brands you know it it starts just like I want somebody to deliver packages and move in from A to B. It's not my experience, you know, it's the delivery. So if a customer talks with a brand and say, hey, where's the package? The brand used to say, I don't know, it's not, you know, it's not my part anymore. Please talk with the carrier. And I think, you know, next generation brands, the direct-to-consumer brands, the digital native brands, the brands that understand that everything is based on great customer experience, you know, they're the brand that we have very easy conversations. So when we say about something about, yeah, hey, you know that in, in e-commerce everything is is amazing, right? But we now know that you know more than sixty percent of the people are not happy with the online shopping experience. But the point that they are not happy is at the post-purchase phase. Like it's how to track the where the packages are. You can't. Uh, it's how to communicate. The return policy are very confusing. And for the brand, it was like you know it's it was it was crazy because if you're a brand, a direct-to-consumer brand, and investing so much money and so much like the efforts. You're investing, acquiring those those consumers and those users, and, you know, to turn it into customers. So you already invested all of this time and resources to make them customers, but now you potentially going to lose them because things that are not related to your brands at all. So brands started to adopt, you know, the like the thinking about okay, we should control this last mile piece of the funnel because if we're not control it and we let somebody else from another era to activate and to control on this piece, we will not get the same online and customer experience that the, our brand has designed. So the conversations there is very, very interesting. And by the way, I don't know if like, if you know, but just maybe worth mentioning that Bond was spun off a brand. So we started as a, a direct to consumer brand. So we were. Oh, the, interesting. Yeah. So we were direct to consumer brand selling fresh produce fruits and veggies and other daily products in tel aviv and you know when you're building a direct to consumer brand you're again designing the the, like the most amazing customer experience right like facebook ads instagram community remarketing retargeting, email marketing everything is amazing you know the website and everything but you know what each time that we need to use a third party logistic you know using like a big warehouse outside the city and another like third-party courier, from, even from the, big, the, from the big players or the small players, our customers felt the huge gap between the experience we delivered online and the experience we delivered offline. So we said to ourselves, okay, we have to solve it. And then we thought, okay, what if we will take the supply chain and flip it on its head? So instead of using those giant warehouses, we're going to use our own facilities within the city. And instead of using those third party logistics partners that measured by the number of drop offs we're going to use our own teams and when we deployed this network of nano distribution center within the city and our own teams you know with with electric tricycles moving around the neighborhood suddenly you know we became very like we became very local we became very close to our customers so we could deliver quickly we can manage returns quickly you know we could invest more time in each delivery even just you know to stop and say hello, we de- developed a lot of, a lot of technology around it to communicate better and to solve a lot of uncertainties between us and and our customers. And you know what? It's just like the business went like boomed. Okay, like more than 10x, maybe less in a year. And we thought to ourselves, okay, so maybe now we saw that you know it's so important to control the last mile piece of the funnel as well. And then we started to get approaches from other brands and other carriers saying, hey, so guys, so you have those this like this interesting operating system, the logistical and operating system, maybe we can use we can use only that. And then we came to realize that, wait, maybe we, you know, we figure out something to ourselves but maybe this operating system can serve like, you know, one of the fastest verticals in retail, which is the direct-to-consumer brand. So that was the point we launched Bond, the post-purchase company, deployed the first network in New York. Five borrowers are now expanding to other cities very, very soon. So it was really like, Fun and exciting ride for us.
1: Yeah, it's great. So so just to clarify then, Dan, would you say your 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 customer base, like the retailers and brands you serve, they're largely more emerging DTC brands trying to get their footing, trying to build their infrastructure the right way. I just want to make sure I understand like where your customer base currently lies. Cause I think there are lessons we can kind of dig deeper into, you know, what you're seeing from an adoption standpoint, a lesson learned standpoint, especially now. Like I think there are a lot of things that we can pull out as you know, trends, things to watch for our audience?
0: Yeah, so 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 at first, you know, like let's say that like the best profile uh, for us was this emerging direct-to-consumer brands, you know, mid-market, that understand, you know, so as we see it, brands have several phases, right? So the first phase is, I just want an operational partner and I just want my packages to be delivered from A to B. I think in the next phase, the brands that are managed to grow They understand, okay, so logistics works, but now how can I improve the experience? How can I make it better? Because again, those, let's call them like those rebel brands, right? So they're rebelling in everything from marketing to product innovation to the experience and the relationship with the customers. So they would like, they're exploring all the time. Okay, what can we do better? And in logistics, you know, it's almost haven't changed for for so many years. So they are eager to hear more about what can we offer and how we can partner and, and help them deliver a better uh, or even, you know, outstanding post-purchase experience. So again, at first, direct-to-consumer, digital native brands, emerging, growing, that was like, you know, the best for us, the great customers. So, you know, we work with, you know, from top companies in almost any vertical, from Milkbar to Highline Wellness to Hungrywood to Lumen, Snap Kitchen, to Onia, to Yamble. So a lot of brands that aspire to deliver this same-day, sleek, fast, driven experience. But now with COVID, I have to say, I have to be honest, like maybe a month ago, we thought, okay, so this is going to be like, it's going to be crazy now because everybody wants to set up their own operation infrastructure, but things moved a little bit slow. But now, you know, that we're seeing, you know, maybe in the, after I hope or after the peak in certain places in the world, I think brands understand it's not something that sh- they should, they should use only for now they understand the world has changed and if you don't have this operational infrastructure to support direct to consumer business it's dangerous and now we're getting approaches you know from the largest and the most traditional brands out there trying to understand how to structure this operational you know operational infrastructure for them uh, just you know for the long term
1: mm-hmm. yeah cuz i was going to ask you just based on the conversations that that you're having with the broader industry, if this, you know, last mile fulfillment, like this uh, post-purchase tail end of, of the buying experience or the customer experience, rather, if this is increasing urgency among both sides, like the emerging brands and the more established brands to kind of get their acts together. Because again, like I noted, we're always seeing gaps in the last mile, whether it's in communication or actually fulfilling upon the promise, like there's always, despite years of talking about this, right, whether it's, you know, buy online, pick up in store, same day or next day delivery. Now there's one hour delivery, which is like a completely new standard. But, and I understand that there's like that need to constantly catch up. But do you think that this new reality is kind of increasing urgency on all sides to kind of get their acts together and start to rethink what this could be or could mean for their customers?
0: So definitely, I think everything starts, you know, with uh, maybe two things. You know, first is the customers and second is Amazon. From from both angles, it's a kind of a wheel that you don't really know where it started, right? So consumers expecting now to get everything faster at the time of their convenience. So we're not those big believers on on-demand. We believe, you know, the future of e-commerce is, is scheduled. So there are certain products, uh, you know, and brands that when I'm buying something, I want to get it as soon as possible, okay? Like, you know, from anything from home essentials, maybe health products, we see that on, on let's say, the, the relief economy, anything between wine to CBD to functional drinks, whatever. And there are some things, you know, like maybe in fashion, let's say, put aside like product drops, okay? If Kim Kardashian West is like launching a new perfume and talks about it on, on her Instagram for 10 days, and they open, you know, the slot for ordering for one hour, you want to get it and you want to get it fast. So, but it's kind of more like a, a marketing campaign that we're partnering with brands to enable that. But I think that, again, there's uh, several and different motivations of buying and several and different expectations. So we truly believe in, in this scheduling thing. Again, there are things that you want to just bought. And it's okay to get them in five days from now after your yoga class or whatever, you know, more of the consummative side. But there are, I think, other experiences at the last mile that are being implemented right now. And when you see like the difference between uh, subscription services, which are, you know, you don't have the sense of urgency, but you need to know that the operational routine will work in 100% of the times. So this is in subscription, in meal kits. You know, you want the the, the kit to come faster, like faster deliveries, you know, just faster mean, fresher. If you are in the fashion business, you want to enable people to, you know, to order clothes or order anything, and you want to enable this sleek and light and and fast reversal logistics that you can return, that you can exchange, you can replace the product. So last mile, I think, is becoming, is turning from a very technical operational part and is shifting towards a much more experience-driven to enable more things to do on this last mile post-purchase phase. And I think this is like the new place where the smart brands are going to leverage for their own benefits and for the benefits of the customers, of course. And the other point of Amazon, you know, Amazon pushed the market, like pushed the industry and pushed anything, you know, almost over the top. So I think we're going to see in the near future Maybe a little bit more balanced because brands, you know, they need to live and they need to be operational and positive on their activity in order like, to deliver those amazing experiences. So I guess it will be a mix and a, and a little bit of balance of everything, but I'm sure we're going towards an era of, you know, experience driven, last mile and post-purchase. Uh, and a lot of new experiences and a lot of new ways we're gonna see how a brands gonna interact with customers, not only on the way and on their website, but after the buy button as well.
1: Oh, that's fascinating. I love the different use cases because I was actually <laughs> gonna ask you what creative ways brands can really differentiate in this area, right? Because if the standards for success, right, whether it's same day, next day, two day, those standards are consistent across categories, right? There, there has to be some pockets of innovation or or ways that brands can stand out when those expectations shift, right? So I love that use case around marketing campaign like can it be around a product drop so people get it they sign up for you know the product on instagram and then get it the day it drops like right on their doorstep like ways to surprise and delight i I think those are are really going to be the fascinating use cases to come out of all this
0: i think that you know we're waiting so everything we just mentioned you know it's like it's like the basis you know it's it's uh, things that we're now experiencing and already doing with those brands for the, from these different verticals, I think it can be go even you know much deeper into brand. Okay. okay, so let's say if you're a, I don't know, selling, if you're a bedding brand, okay? If you're a bedding brand and selling this uh, hotel experience, okay? And this is your brand promise. A great post-purchase experience could be offering customers to extend this uh, hotel experience And maybe even, you know, putting the sheets on your bed and put a little bit like a small chocolate on your pillow, just to extend the experience of like in the brand promise. So I think we have like a lot of places we can go to and develop with the brands that will be, you know, innovative enough to see how they can leverage this last mile piece of the funnel.
1: Got it. So my question for you is, are brands coming to the table, like starting these conversations with you saying, oh, we want to do... X, Y, and Z, like we have this experience in mind and and, and just need help executing upon it, or from Bond's perspective, is part of your role or or value. I mean, obviously you have this, you know, powerful tech infrastructure, you have the bonders, like the people to help drive it. But what kind of guidance do you provide from a strategy standpoint? If at all, I mean, I'm just curious to see whether brands are fully thinking through this experience and just need help executing upon it, or whether you are trying to help brands think through what this experience could be
0: so at the moment uh, and again you know it's a kind of a, of a graph that you know uh, moves forward as we speak so this world this new world of post purchase is being built right now and i think that today what is fascinating that we started with bond you know from our own experience and from our own need maybe uh, a little bit more than a year ago and now you know after like around the year we're walking you know with those great direct to consumer brands it is fascinating to see each time how the conversation starts from most of the time when we talk with operational team with okay so can you help me to get a little bit more clarity and to solve uncertainties i have as a brand and my customers you know in this black hole in this black part this black you know, in, the, in in this black area when the package going to leave fulfillment until it gets to the customer uh, doorstep. And I think brands are first, are thirsty to have some more control and clarity and confidence about this last mile piece of the funnel. And I think maybe it's maybe the the strongest motivations is about, I know things might happen and I need somebody to help me and, and predict them and just make sure operation works in 100% and it, we like we were amazed how much percentage of packages are being lost, never got to the destination. We learned what are poach pirates, you know, that just the stealing packages from customers' doorsteps. So the world over there, you know, the basis is, you know, for us, it was mind blowing just to say, hey, yeah, we're a trust, we are accurate. We're gonna get there on time. We're gonna deliver the package as you promised. And we're going to do it in like 100% of the times. So the basis is, is, is great. I think the brands that, you know, we just in, in talks with a brand, like one of the biggest brands, I can't say its name, unfortunately, because it's not signed yet, but a lifestyle brand that we got approached from their uh, VP, of, of, or VP of experience, a VP of experience that understand that this modern up-to-date merging brand cannot work only with those traditional Three PLs and couriers because there is a huge gap between the brand promise and the brand experience and the execution at the end. So we're talking when we talk with operational team, it's a lot about efficiency and accurate and and accuracy and proof of deliveries and just make everything works 100% of the times as we designed and as we promised. When we talk with marketing teams, it's all about okay, so how can we leverage? the experience and how can we make a better relationship with our customers. So I think those two conversations are very different and super interesting. And we're trying and we're building those brands and services and services to answer both needs and customer success, of course. So what's interesting is it's like from the founder to CEO, to marketing teams, to operation, everybody, like any one of them has their own needs and perspectives and aspiration how to leverage and make a better relationship and better experience at the last mile and post-purchase.
1: Oh, that's fascinating. It, it's interesting to hear how the conversation changes depending on who you're speaking to, right? Which makes sense. I mean, different roles have different objectives, measure for success, their priorities lie in different areas. So I'm wondering if even we'll see an evolution in that area. So rather than having these these disparate conversations, right, where, you know, maybe you start with the CMO, and then, you know, operations hears about it and says, okay, well, what's the value for that? If you're going to start to see all of these people come together from the beginning, you know, being in in these early conversations, getting in the same room, for lack of a better term, you know, whether it be physically or digitally, and, you know, from the beginning, like, there's going to be, you know, a, a more robust team that says, okay, how can we think about, last mile and fulfillment holistically and and the different benefits for everyone? Or are you starting to see that happening?
0: So I think we're starting to see it happening, you know, where, well, it's, and it doesn't matter where the conversation starts from. So there's a point of time that, you know, a sentence is thrown into the room, like, okay, you know what? I'm going to bring my operation team as well, if it's the marketing or, you know what? I'm going to bring the operational team, uh, the marketing team, if we're talking with operation, and let's make this conversation all together because we believe that we can use the like the service both from operational perspective and uh, marketing experience, a brand perspective. And I think the beauty of it, and you know, we as a logistic tech uh, company, last mile company, you know, uh, retail startup, all of those areas, and we started from a from like. We started as a direct to consumer brand startup. We are, you know, ourselves a very consumerish team, so we know the problems. We are very like, you know, it's a B two B like B two brands company, but we're serving the like the the brands customers. So I think when we are all in the room, the operational technology, product and marketing, amazing things and amazing ideas are starting to pop out, and I'm you know I'm grateful that we are the partner that can execute almost any idea from almost any perspective or angle.
1: Got it. That's great, Dan. And obviously, you've had a lot of conversations with brands, both the up-and-coming DTC brands as well as you know more established brands, I'm sure, and that's starting to accelerate. I'm curious, um, largely because a lot of our content is driven by the retail community, right? We have a lot of conversations with retail executives and, and we find that there's opportunity for everyone to kind of learn from each other, especially in this time where we're taking a fresh look at our experiences, you know, what are what are consumers expecting? How can we invest in the right areas to, to put our business on a sustainable path, right? Or, or at least, you know, get on a path towards future success. I always feel like there's an opportunity for everyone to kind of learn from each other, So with that, based on all these conversations that you're having or seeing actual applications, what can DTC brands learn from more established players and vice versa, right? Because I feel like there's you know, obviously the narrative that DTC brands are a bit more nimble, they're more like test, learn, respond, whereas, you know, more established brands are very built upon process, right? Having those workflows in place, but I'm sure, you know, there are things that they can kind of learn from each other. I'm curious to, to hear what you take from, you know, your conversations and, and what almost keys to success rise to the top that you think all brands, all retailers can kind of apply.
0: So first, it's a great you know it's a great angle, because I do think, and I do feel that the ecosystem of retail is shifting a bit and and becoming maybe a bit more humble and maybe more friendly to each other. You know, I'm coming from a background of of advertising, and advertising you know always have been in versus a startup world and, and venture capital, which you know there's more money and more and more customers for everybody, so you know the energy and the vibe is is maybe a little bit more friendly. But I think that today, you know, especially today, we all understand that we can learn from each other, you know, logistics, from retail, from uh, direct-to-consumer, from traditional and vice versa. And I think that there's one trend now, maybe it's not a trend, but it's like it's reality that, you know, until it's my own perspective, right? But we're in the business of direct to consumer and, and retail and the new and new brands of the world for a long time now, for many for like few years. I think we've been, you know, we touched a kind of peak where, you, like, you know, companies start to be launch, started to launch like brands with this DTC of something like every minute, right? So you have from, from I know from from sponges to home essentials to to drinking bottles or, 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 or whatever. And I think that now uh, in COVID, you know, just accelerated this. I think we are going into like an era of, I'm, I'm calling it kind of like this functional branding era. So I think that everyone is trying to be functional and every everyone try to become something that is important to the life of the customer. And I think that we, you know, as Bond, trying to help brands to be more practical, more functional, to answer real needs, and not only to talk, you know, to build brands out in the air. And I think traditional brands are starting to understand that if you will not, if they will not be practical and essential and functional at their customer's life, and if they will not meet real needs and, and real aspirations, they're going to be left out in the game. And I think direct-to-consumer and traditional brands, and by the way, I think we're in the era of there, like there is no thing as only direct-to-consumer brands. I think we're building brands, right? So a brand is, you know, is a story around a group, maybe of products that answer real need of a certain, you know, of customers. And we're building brands. And some brands, you know, are perfect for direct-to-consumer brands, but going offline as well. And some brands are great to start with offline, you know, from offline uh, presence and then build their direct-to-consumer channel. And I think this mix today of there is no DTC or traditional brands. we all building, we're like everybody building brands and the brand should be real and, you know, it should present something and should have this story and they should believe in something and they should produce uh, something that people actually want and need and answer on those needs. And I think this is the beauty now where we all offline brands and online brands and digital native and, the uh, you know, and the biggest and most like the traditional brands as well. And, you know, us from the logistics space, we are all working together, you know, to think through how can we really just improve the everyday life and to answer real needs and to meet expectations of customers. And I think customers will, you know, will understand as well that... Like brands and real brands and you know real brands and real businesses and everything need to make sense and if it will not make sense they will not get you know the product they want and, and the brand they aspire to to connect with so I think this is one angle and I'm very happy that you you mentioned it that we feel lately that just getting stronger and stronger
1: yeah I definitely think there's an opportunity for greater communication greater collaboration not just among retail executives, right? Like you said, so among, you know, tech players, solution providers, and it's something that I noticed even just over the past year, like more partnerships, right? Companies working together, like for so long, I mean, I've been in retail for about 10 years now, and there there have always been, there's always been a hesitancy to share for fear of losing their differentiators or sharing with competitors. But now it's like, everyone's kind of playing From the same playbook, you know, trying to rewrite the playbook actually. Um, So there's that greater need for working together. And I mean, especially in in these times, right? The rules are are being rewritten as we're trying to teach them in a way. So we're we're all trying to figure it out as we go. and, And you know, there's increasing conversations around you know fulfillment. So I guess my question for you is. What conversations are, are are really going to be staying? You know, what rules are going to remain in the playbook? Is this going to be? Is this really going to be the new standard for success? That more flexible fulfillment experience, same day, next day fulfillment, curbside. Is this going to remain as central to to retail strategy conversations as it is now?
0: To my opinion, for sure. So they're going to be certain vertical and certain products that you know maybe you buy seasonally you know think that maybe you know flexibility in fulfillment and flexibility with delivery are maybe less important but i think that it's not only about the delivery phase i think as you just mentioned i think retail is one big machine right and this you know when you see sometimes those you know those uh those maps right from each each vertical so there are brands and there are uh, fulfillment and there are last mile companies and there are the technology companies and the APIs. And you have from one side, you know, the on fleet and the aftership and the fulfillment companies, and you have the last mile companies and you have bond, which is a post purchase company and you have the brands. So it's all one big machine. And of course you have Shopify. Okay. Which like maybe the heart of the machine. And I think and brands, coming out from online and going into offline and brands going from offline to online and it's all, you know, it's all act together. You know, it's one big team that cannot live without without the other players. So I think today, you know, when you think of it, like back then, maybe like, maybe even a few years ago, you could become a brand, you could be a brand and own your own retail uh, physical spaces. You were the king and you didn't need Anybody else besides like beside you and the team, but I think that today collaboration collaboration is is a big 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 key to success. It's a big key to success because it's the it's the bridge to deliver this experience that the brand just designed, and on, like and brands alone. uh you know what? I, I I was just gonna say they can't go there, but I think they can go there. But I think we're at the time that everybody like every part of the machine. Understand what role in this specific big machine, and how do I contribute to this big machine and make it, and make it better? So our job, by the way, is to make it faster, slicker, more transparent, accurate, and all of those things to all of those brands. There are different players, again, technology like technology-only players, and you see returns uh, driven softwares. Uh, Only, and you can see fulfillment, and you can see those just crowdsource delivery companies. But every one of us has a role to play in this big show. And at the end, it's all about answering consumer needs and aspiration. Uh, And I think when each one of us, the players, really understand their position at this game to get to excellence in this part, in that part, and then you can be, you know, the machine will, will just work better than ever.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. So so to, to your point around the evolution of, of this space, I'm curious your thoughts on how you think that the tech space in particular is going to evolve as a result of Last Mile being so central to experience conversations moving forward. So I'm thinking about this through the lens of A lot of the developments around mainly food delivery services, um, the gig economy, we're seeing Uber trying to acquire Grubhub now. So a lot of conversations around what the future of this landscape will look like. I know you're playing in a different space, but I'm curious if you think we're going to be seeing more players, um, more tech companies try and come into this area and try to bolster this ecosystem even more. Do you think this is kind of a space to watch moving forward?
0: I think it's one of the most interesting spaces to watch as that's right that like we are, so everyone, all of all of the last mile and delivery companies basically are responsible to move things better and faster from point A to point B. So it can be a food delivery from a restaurant to the customer's doorstep. And it could be, uh, you know, this cool t-shirt you just bought and need to move it from the fulfillment or from the store, like store to door it's all about like moving parts, right? So you had like in the internet you have those packets, right? But in the real world, when you know we need to move and shift things from from one point to the other, how can we do it like more efficient and more accurate and faster and slicker than ever? So this is like I think you no know, hundred think about it like hundreds and billions of packages all day long moving from side to side, from side to side on planet Earth. And if we will not control, you know, those movements from side to side, it's going to be chaos. I don't know when was the last time you you just, you know, you walked around the city, but you can see like mountains of packages in the corner of the streets because each day I think the number is like 1.5 million packages entering only New York each day. So, you know, we all need to manage it. By the way, we need to manage it. To make our life, you know, easier, we, you know, we, we don't need to see those mountain of packages in the corner of the streets. Think about, you know, how bad is it for the world? So think about the amount of trucks and cars that going into the city in in such an inefficient way, and how are we like helping to destroy this place we're living it? So what we're trying to do, you know, along with our partners, okay, let's try to make it to have a little bit maybe more sense. So if we will have those local small facilities and trucks will come only at night and they will put the, the, the packages and we can do a better routing and optimize routing and faster routing and use electrical tricycles and we can move inside the city. So I think it's, it's, I think it's huge. It's going from logistics to urban distribution to uh, urban transportation and it's, you know, it touches in everything around how environmental friendly are you. Uh, how city' gonna look, how the city is gonna gonna be how consuming is gonna look like because the needs again because the needs and the expectations are in a peak and in a place I know it's a peak maybe it's only the start, but in a place that if we will not try and make some you know kind of algorithm into this distribution phase of the funnel, we're gonna like we're gonna drown you know we're gonna drown in in you know, in under the mountains of packages and packages and packages. So somebody needs like, you know, to make like to enter to a to a world which is just make a lot like more sense. And we wanna be, you know, the startup and the company that's helping reshaping everything around it.
1: Yeah, no, it's fascinating. It'll it'll be interesting to see how all of this shakes out, especially because on one side we're seeing those increased demands and on the other, also seeing a lot of people being more cognizant and thoughtful about how they purchase, you know, how quickly they get packages, things of that nature. So it's definitely gonna be Fascinating to see how all of this shakes out, but Dan, this has been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for digging deep into the heart of the issues, how this all works. Um, to close out our conversation, though, I always try to you know ask the tech folks who, who come on this show to so basically share you know their key takeaways, their words of advice, largely because they're having so many conversations, they're helping with so many applications rollouts. So, I mean, you, you guys have seen and, and learned some stuff along the way, right? So what final words of advice do you have for all of the retail executives listening now? I mean, from big uh, heritage type brands all the way down to DTC, online only startups. What advice do you have for them as they try to determine what this last mile experience looks like for their brand? I mean, going back to your point around, the, you know, you're building a brand story, you're building a brand experience. I mean, how can they? how can they do that successfully?
0: So I would, you know, I would suggest first, to understand and try to look at this last mile piece of the funnel, and try to look at it as a post-purchase experience, and to really think about uh, to invest the amount of time and resources of inventing the online experience, or let's say the pre-purchase, because you know Facebook, Instagram, Google pre-purchase is done, and and Shopify, Magento, WordPress, WooCommerce, everything is is now shop now Facebook, so e-commerce platforms are you know check sorted as well uh, but everything that goes post purchase i think is need you have to start and think it through and you know really understand what the experience is there what the customer feel are you like do you have any like competitive advantage in that area if you would like in if you would have would it make sales bigger average order values retention rate So think about how much money and resources and time you invest in the pre-purchase phase of the funnel. And now think about how much you're going to invest in the post-purchase phase of the funnel, which is again, after you already invested the money and the time and other resources to acquire this user. So what will make them come back and just buy more from your brand and not from your competitors?
1: Great. Wonderful closing advice there, Dan. Um, this, again, this has been such a great conversation. I feel like this is such a, a fascinating area of the retail experience that, you know, we haven't really dug super deep into. So thank you again so much for taking the time out to uh, speak with me today.
0: Great. Thank you very, very much.
1: All right. Wonderful. And thanks, everyone out there for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.